家晚上好，这里是正在为您直播的。Welcome to Merrick's Experts, the podcast that provides analysis of current affairs in China. On November 8th to November 11th. Top leaders in the Chinese Communist Party met in Beijing and passed a resolution on history, only the third of its kind. The previous two were passed under Chinese leaders Mao Zedong in 1945 and Deng Xiaoping in 1981. And on Tuesday, November 16th, the official text of the newest resolution was released, offering insights on how the CCP thinks about its history, where it goes from here, and crucially. How the Chinese President Xi Jinping is positioning himself as the leader of a new era for China. My name is Zhengke Yodan, and with me to discuss the details and implications of the resolution is Valerie Tan, an analyst here at Merix and expert on Chinese elites. She has written extensively on the recent Sixth Plenum of the CCP, and you can find her analysis on our website at merix.org. Valerie. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you for having me. So, Valerie, first off, what is a resolution on history? Well, it is a very important political and party document that contains the party's narrative of history. But the order of events outlined in the document are not based on facts; rather, it is based on propaganda. Events that are outlined in the document are carefully selected and interpreted to serve a political agenda, and usually the political agenda of the leader who is directing the drafting of the resolution. So, for the party, the Chinese Communist Party, the document acts as the official unopposed narrative of the party's history and sets out a few of the underlying ideological direction for policy directions in the future. For the leader that's directing the drafting of the document, the document itself acts as a political tool to kind of silence critics and the opposition and consolidate his power. So, what was the drafting process for the resolution? Yeah, so we got more clarity on how the drafting process went because he actually issued an explanation that accompanied the resolution when it was published. Uh, on Tuesday, so in that explanation,、uh, he said that you know the decision to have a resolution drafted was actually decided in March this year, and a working group was formed where he was the leader of that working group, and there were two deputy chiefs, Wang Huning and Zhao Leji. And over a period of about six months,、uh, the drafting and meeting to discuss the document was held. From what we know, I think there were a couple of meetings. There was about five meetings at a high level. So these high level meetings were only restricted to really top leadership of the party. There was also another number offered in the explanation about five hundred and forty seven reviews. So the resolution was given five hundred and forty seven reviews. That particular explanation was quite interesting to me because if you compare it with how Deng、uh, basically went about drafting his resolution, in Deng's case, the resolution took about two years, twenty months to be exact, for the resolution to be finalized, and almost at least thirteen meetings were held, and one of those meetings saw about four thousand. 
party uh, members' attendance. So if you can trust, compare and contrast the process of how the resolution was put together under C and the resolution that was put together under Deng, there's a sense that the resolution went through a more rigorous process. It was more contested, perhaps, as compared to how the resolution was put together under C. I see. Yeah. So it looks like they really fast-tracked it this time. So what's so important about this resolution in particular? Well, the idea of a resolution on history itself is quite exclusive because before C, only two other resolutions were passed in a century of the CCP's history, and only two other leaders have passed it, Mao Zedong and Deng Xiaoping. And both leaders passed their resolutions at critical junctures uh, of their leadership, uh, basically to break free from their rivals and their critics and political opposition to unite the party and consolidate their respective party authority. For Xi Jinping, he's doing the same. So in this resolution, we see that Xi's achievements are front and center. His predecessors were credited with China's success, but great lengths were devoted to really highlighting his achievements and his leadership. So what that says to me is essentially this resolution will now serve as an important party endorsement and an ideological framework for Xi to seek a third term for the leadership position of the Chinese Communist Party at the 20th Party Congress next year. I see. What stood out to you when you read the text for the first time this week? So obviously, from the title of this resolution, which is A Century of Achievements, there is already an expectation that the document will be more concerned with successes, glories, instead of focusing on the past, instead of focusing on mistakes. Or rather, it would not see flaws of the system or mistakes made by the party as mistakes. But what really stood out for me was the document was completely unapologetic, completely uncompromising, especially when it comes to how China has handled contentious issues so, for example, when it talks about Tiananmen, Tiananmen was not even mentioned. It was only talked about as a severe political disturbance of 1989 caused by hostile anti-communist and anti-socialist forces abroad. A lot of blame for all these contentious, contentious issues are basically put or attributed to outside foreign interference, not generated or not caused within the party uh, or within China, so to speak. So that kind of like stood out for me, the whole idea of how confident C is or how unapologetic and uncompromising when it comes to how China has handled all these contentious issues. Where does the framing of this resolution place President Xi Jinping among past leaders like Mao and Deng? So passing a resolution, the act of doing it, already puts... Xi on par with Ma and Deng, as we talked about, you know, there were only three resolutions passed now. Ma and Deng were the first two and now Xi. But the text of the resolution goes a step further, elevating Xi above and beyond Ma and Deng. The number of times Xi's name and his ideology were mentioned was much more than that of Deng and Mao, and definitely many times more than that of Hu Jintao and Jiang Zemin, the two other leaders who preceded uh, Xi Jinping. And out of the total seven parts of the resolution, four were devoted to talking about 
achievements made by C ever since he came to power in 2012. So what that says to me was that there is some credit given to leaders who have contributed to China's economic success, but essentially the resolution is all about celebrating Xi and elevating him to the top of the beacon, so to speak. Um, there was some credit paid to Deng Xiaoping for being the pioneer on reforms, but the document described those reforms under Deng as limited, whereas reforms made under Xi are called across the board. And ideologically, Xi Jinping thought is now called Marxism of the 21st century. So he is the true modern Marxist, in other words. His status and his leadership is now higher and above Deng and Mao. Overall, what is more significant, do you think? Is it the wording of the resolution or the fact that there was a resolution at all? Do you think he'll try to pass another resolution down the road? I think this resolution is enough to cement his power. It tells us that, first of all, you need a certain level of power in order to basically order or direct a resolution to be adopted or to be written or to be drafted in the first place. Second of all, he's able to pass it. And third of all, in the resolution, the text of it basically further puts him higher on the pedestal right now. He is essentially the untouchable uh, as he goes into seeking a third term. So from the importance of the resolution to drafting the resolution to, to the contents of the resolution, essentially what this means for C is he is the most powerful leader. Uh, there is perhaps opposition, but that opposition does not have any resources to go up against him right now. So the text of the resolution was released just hours after President Xi's virtual meeting with President Joe Biden. I'm wondering, was the timing of this resolution significant? Yeah, you're absolutely right. The resolution was published about two to three hours after the Biden-Xi summit. Um, how long after and how much between, of course, remains debatable. But the fact that it was published on the same day that Xi held an intense and almost confrontational meeting with the US president tells me one key thing, that the document and the publication serves to essentially project Xi in a position of strength and confidence against the US president. And the document is a reminder or a reaffirmation, especially towards the Chinese domestic audience, how powerful a leader she is. So it is no coincidence that the resolution was made available on the day of the summit. I would go as far as to argue that it was pretty much intentional. Because like I said, the resolution is a very important party document, a very important political document for C. So in order to publish it, a particular date, which is prestigious enough or prestigious political event or date or meeting must be chosen in order to provide the suitable platform an opportunity for it to be published. If you look at Deng's case, uh, the resolution was passed at the end of June, but it was only published on the 1st of July to kind of really coincide with the 60th anniversary of the founding of the CCP, to give that document that prestige and also to remind the party and to remind the domestic audience how powerful and how important the party and the leader is. So the same case has happened here with Xi Jinping. Yeah, so you mentioned how this is being sort of broadcast as a 
symbol of strength of President Xi Jinping. So specifically, how is it being discussed in the Chinese state media? And what impact do you think this will have on the possible outcomes from the party Congress next year? Well, it's front and center all over Chinese state media. If you look at how the order of news events are being placed on the news websites in uh, China, the resolution is right on top. And it has been right on top since uh, yesterday, ever since it was published. And then the C Biden meeting is still one of the most read news items or videos, the most watched videos as well. So that, that tells you how important or how much importance the state of China has placed on this particular document. Now, what does this mean for C going ahead to the party congress next year? It basically means the road is now smoother. It basically means that when he seeks a third term at the 20th party congress next year, the likelihood of him facing opposition is very, very low, basically close to zero. So it is like a confirmed outcome that he will be the party secretary uh, of the Chinese Communist Party next year. He will serve a third term. Now the question is, will he serve another term after that? Well, with this powerful re resolution, and he just might, you know, he could be the leader for a long time to come. And just going off of that, is there any indication that he is grooming a successor? No. <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a longer answer to that, but I can only say that we haven't seen a potential successor. So there's two ways to get one. Um, you can't find somebody who's good enough to those people who have benefited or have been part of the circle of C wants him to stay in power so that they themselves can stay in power. Valerie, thanks so much for talking with me. Thank you. It was a pleasure. We recorded this podcast on Wednesday, November 17th, 2021. You can subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And check out our publications and analysis at merix.org. You have been listening to Merricks Experts, the podcast from the Makato Institute for China Studies in Berlin. If you want to learn more about our work, please visit us at merricks.org.